The 408th edition of the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by our Patreon. Score exclusive perks, content, and contests, including our NFL Wins Totals Contest with a $1,000 prize. Join today at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is offering you a chance to win $15 million in prizes with Best Ball Mania 4. Use promo code SGPN at Underdog Fantasy for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. And finally, we're brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use code SGP. New customers can score $200 in bonus bets instantly when they bet just $5 on any college football bet only at the DraftKings Sportsbook with code SGP. Hello, DeGenerinos. Welcome to episode 408 of the MMA Gambling Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. That means eight episodes since my co-host almost died. That, that's how I that's how I uh, rate a uh, judge time uh, going forward. It's how many episodes since Gumby almost died, but he's not dead. He's alive and with us today for UFC Paris. I am one of your hosts, Jeff Chalks Fox. Thank you for coming to the show, UFC Paris. It's been a card in flux, to put it lightly. I don't know how to say that in French. My French is pretty weak right now since I haven't taken it for too long. 20 years? We'll say 20 years. But yeah, uh, it is a card in flux. We've had uh, people dropping out, matches getting juggled around, musical chairs. But we still got 12 fights, 11 fights. I think 11 fights we're going to break down for you today. Uh, actually, not today. Today is just the prelims. We're going to break down six prelim fights. Then tomorrow, it will be the five main card fights. So... And maybe we'll talk a little bit about last night's Dana White Contender Series uh, because this episode is dedicated to Yanni, our favorite guy, Yanni the Greek, because Fade Yanni is is back to being a, a smart move. He, he had a weird run there where uh, fading him was not the uh, not the way to go. But now, as of last night, it is the way to go. And it, it, may, it became especially clear when he did what I joked he would do, and he took the over in the sloppy heavyweight fight. So um, with all that and more, we shall discuss it with... Uh, the self-proclaimed Gumby God, I don't know if he still wants to go by that name or not, is Daniel Vreeland. Hello. I am having a little bit rougher <clears throat> of a season, although I will say, uh, you know, the the knockout from Praches, uh to end the night last night did get me back to even. So uh, yeah. not not a not a beautiful night, but we hit the underdog in Kamba, uh, which, you know, close fight, but the underdog hit in Kamba. Um, and we got the, the Praches KO right. And I'll say this, uh, maybe the picks... Uh, we're a little bit subpar this week, but the breakdowns were all there. Uh, Salvador looked like the sharper, faster of the two strikers. And for some reason, uh, just got overwhelmed and blitzed by the bigger, heavier striker. You know, I said that, uh, I thought, um, my, my boy Cole or Chandler Cole was worth a roll of the dice. I still kind of think he was, he would like, looked like the better of the two guy on the feet. I, I am a little bit bummed out that his wrestling defense didn't hold up at all. Um, but like definitely worth the five and a half, the one play there. Um, and then who was the other one we missed? Just one more. Why am I not remember? Oh, the kickboxer who tired out in the second round. Yeah. I, I still think he's the better kickboxer and did better in the first round. And then he was just, and even stuff takedowns. Like I thought he would working with Glover Teixeira. And then by the third round, he was so pooped that he just like laid flat on his back for a whole round. So, um, not the best, uh, finish the world two and three, but if, uh, with the. I didn't finish even if you bet 
the same amount of money on all of the fights. That's a crazy way to live your life. But also, uh, if you uh, if if you were following along in the Discord, the big KO prop on Prochus uh, was a, a huge lifesaver um, for people who tailed along. So, uh, altogether, kind of fun fights. I'm glad Dana White's passing on people who actually deserve to be passed on this time. But that being said, can you imagine watching that heavyweight fight and being like, I have to sign one of these two. I'm only going to sign three people this week, but I, one of these, whoever wins this heavyweight fight, I have to get him in the ranks. Yeah, I, I have <laughs> Thomas to say, Peterson, I need you. I have to say moving forward, Thomas Peterson is a fade. I'm pretty sure <laughs> I would pick how Prado ahead of him. Oh, he's um, he's the uh, he's the benchmark right now. The, the low water, low water mark. The men. Well, I, I think Machado is is much more skilled. Ultimately, he just like wasn't more entertaining that night. Um, so, I, but but I think he would beat Thomas Peterson. Um, yep. So I'll I'll take that as a a point I'm going to make. They're not going to put two contender series guys up against one another. They're going to feed them to uh, the Alexio Linux of the world, most likely. Um, yeah, he's still or, around. He hasn't retired yet. I mean, it depends on who you well, ask. I mean, maybe Ilir Latifi is he still yeah. around? He, he he's he's the new breed, um, new breed Alexi Olenek. Uh, if Alexi Olenek has retired, uh, Latifi's around. I don't know if either of them are around, but you just mean ge- the generic. Olenek I mean that. Or I mean that. I mean that guy. Yeah. So those those oh, guys yes. will those guys will get somebody like that at the gate or whoever yep. the uh, the new Jared Vander is now that he's uh, left the UFC, dropped to two hundred five, and been knocked out again. So um, whoever the new Jared Vander is. Uh, the best part of the night, though, um, and th- my biggest bone to pick from the show is Yanni's favorite props that he gives out after the fights are over. And he oh, the the n- predatory n- gambling n- shit. Yes, <laughs> n- not the props he gave out before because he just gives out bullshit over under props yeah. before th- well, and that, he that don't even... hit. No, he's like, if if you had taken this, you would have won that. And if you had taken this, you would have won that. But you didn't tell us to take any of those, Yanni. Yeah, no, it, nobody did. Yeah, it's like exactly. And a hundred dollars would have paid thirty six grand, and it's like, yeah, of course <laughs> they would if you go through and cherry pick with a time machine, dude. Oh like, God, it's so bad. But I that's why. And, and look, like we're we're here for responsible gambling, right? Like that's that's yeah. why we talk on this show like this. But like that that's why people go nuts over these giant parlays is because you see a tweet out there that says somebody hit a billion to one, you know, they laid yeah. 50 cents on a 15 different guys score the first hoop in basketball that day. And it winds up paying 1.1 million or something like that. And like, when you see stuff like that, that's why people cook up crazy parlays that never hit. Um, and yep. you got to contextualize that stuff. You got to say like, Hey, this is for fun and, and worth a little dabble. You can't be saying like, Oh man, this is what hits on a national broadcast on ESPN. Yeah. Like I said, in the discord, if, if you had all the power bar numbers, uh, right, you would have won the lottery as well. So like, how right. is that uh useful information after the fact? I don't. Yeah. How about you make some picks and winners, Yanni? How about you actually know about these fighters? If you're going to be on the UFC broadcast, I guess that's the UFC's way though. None of their uh, the, the not save, knowing, save a couple don't know anything about what they're talking the, about. The not knowing about fighters is just like it's egregious to me because like look the trend of what bantamweights do. You're like oh you know bantamweights <laughs> a bantamweight fight ends in submission only twenty percent of the time. But if you're watching an Aljamain Sterling fight, it's not twenty percent of the time. Yeah, do you know yeah. what I mean? Or like you know yep. saying a Sean or saying a, a heavyweight fight ends in knockout you know, 99% of the time or whatever it is. And then you've got, you know, Jared Vandera and Chase Sherman standing in front of you. And you're like, yeah, nobody's getting knocked out in this fight. You know, like, yeah, it, you got to know the people. And hey, guess what? 
luckily, you have a couple of guys here, at least one, who happens to oh, know a Hey, me. No, yeah, me. I'm not I'm not knocking on your your abilities to pick or knowledge here, but I am saying I bet you had to work a little harder on this card than you usually I do. did. I did I did <laughs> tape as as you and Turnip like to say, I did tape work on some of these people. I, I knew you would I knew you would have to, otherwise you would just be like, I'm telling you. I'm telling yeah. you. <laughs> well, my, my resume picks on contender series are now twelve and seven and I'm up almost four hundred bucks. So take yeah. that. All right. Well, maybe maybe no, you okay. shouldn't have done tape then. <laughs> maybe you shouldn't have done I, tape for these fights. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I did see some interesting things that I, I think the tape more more confirmed what I was what I was leaning towards anyway, which is nice. Or or maybe I was being biased. That's that's the thing when you when you watch things. Maybe I was just looking for things that would uh, confirm what i was hoping so who knows we'll find yeah, out that come saturday that, night that's a dangerous animal um yeah for sure it is it is what isn't dangerous is DraftKings. well i guess it could be but you people are responsible college football fans are you ready for week one DraftKings sportsbook is hooking you up with a can't miss offer to start the season strong this week new customers can bet just five dollars on college football and score two hundred dollars in bonus bets instantly that means right away Anything can happen in college football. Your team could go from unranked to dynasty mode in just a couple of years. Change comes fast. The only thing that's a lock is great offers from DraftKings Sportsbook. Do you know anything about college football? Do you have a pick to give people, Dan? You know, I don't know anything about college football. I could tell you a lot about football. I don't know a lot about college football. I will tell you back when I was a a, a college football guy or maybe just in the era where I watched every single sport. So uh, I could at least vaguely talk about college football in a way that seemed meaningful. Uh, I always picked – I was always a big Michigan guy. uh, And then Tom Brady came from there, and it made me feel like I hated him a little more. Um, Yep. So uh, I know Michigan is opening with East Carolina in their 36-point favorite. So uh, I'll take Michigan to cover that. <laughs> no Jim Harbaugh, though. He's not coaching that game. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Somehow I don't think he'll matter against <clears throat> Eastern Carolina University. <laughs> <laughs> All right. There you go. There's your pick. Uh, life's more fun when you're in on the action. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code SGP. New customers can score $200 in bonus best instantly when they bet just $5 in college football. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code SGP. The crown is yours. Gambling problem called 1-800-GAMBLER. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms. Okay, let's do this. Let's break into some winning picks. Now that we've told you how bad everybody else is, we're going to tell you how how good we are at, at breaking down fights. Um, we're not going to give you winning picks after the fact. Uh, this is UFC Fight Night. Gain versus Spivak is going down this weekend. Actually, we discussed this last episode, right? It's a noon uh, start time. It's actually and- it's actually been pushed back to 12.30 because of right, the right. fight cancellation. So, um. Okay. For, for anybody who didn't follow along with the crazy fight cancellation, so William Gomi was supposed to fight Lucas Almeida. Taylor Lopolis was supposed to fight Nguyen Gafaroff. Gafaroff and Almeida both dropped out of their fights, and that was an 145-pounder and 135-pounder. Now, you'd think, like, ah, oh, maybe they'll just make Lopolis go up and fight Gomi. No, 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 no. That would have been way too easy. Instead, <laughs> they broke up the Giannis Gamori fight and the Kyle Lauren fight, and they're making Kyle Lauren 
fight Terralopoulos at 35, which is his natural way. And Gamori has got to go up to fight Gomi. Apparently, he was maybe having trouble with his weight cut anyway, so it was, like, somewhat agreeable. But he's going up a weight class to fight Gomi. Um, and so we broke apart the Lauren Gamori fight and gave each of the other two new uh, opponents. And therefore, instead of that being three fights, it's now only two uh, pushing the start time half an hour later. There you go. Gumby did my work for me. Yeah, we it, it's easy for us on the outside saying, oh, why didn't they do this? But th- there's so many personalities that, that they're dealing with here and managers. Who knows? Um, the the wrenches that were thrown into into it actually they're in europe i'll say the spanners that were thrown into the works but nonetheless we have 11 fights we're going to break down six prelims 11 30 a.m eastern espn plus and i have uh been informed by aaron bronstetter who did you know i was one of his first editors when he got into this business dan okay i did yeah, not know that you know. but yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I like your connection to, i like your yep. connection to east spencer kite better yes yep uh no i used to I edited him for a, a old defunct Canadian basketball site. But anyhow, he works at TSN now, and he says it is not on TSN this event. It is on just streaming. So it will be UFC Fight Pass for us Canadians. And we're going to start with women's bantamweights. We got a couple of women's bantamweights uh, right at the gate here. Um, this one is – tell me if I do any of them out of order, because if you have a better order, fine. Uh, I'm working with Tapology. You working with Tapology? Actually, maybe I will. You're right. One second. You should, let's, you should let's open tap, Tapology. You should open Tapology because that's what uh, my, my main man, Marcel Dorf, has it at. Yep. Uh, he's got okay. the same order as Tapology, and that that generally means it's correct. <clears throat> yep. All right. Now, this is not women's band weight. Excuse me. It's a catchweight fight, 140 pounds. Uh, apparently, this was the plan all along because uh, there's a late notice fighter in here. That would be Jacqueline Cavalcanti. She's fighting against Zara. Farron, you can call her Zara Farron Dos Santos as well, but we're going to go with Farron because it's shorter. And I'm going to tell you about her first. Her name her name, and her nickname is Infinite. Makes sense because she has a very long name. And her losing streak currently is Infinite as well. Right? Right. It, it is in the UFC. It is in the UFC. True. All right. Um, Gumby's not giving me much today, but I'm going to work through it anyhow. I'm looking for laughs. You're going to make me work harder for him, right? Correct. <laughs> Cor- correct that's my line all right let's break down Farron. um six and five Ugh. with four knockouts uh she's been knocked out once submitted once oh and three in the ufc there's that losing streak we we're speaking of he's not won a fight since december of 2017 did you even have any kids then you had no kids did you december of 20- no though. no kids i'd only been married wow. for a few months yeah that that's when you could watch every sport if you chose to there you go. I, I still I still do that. <laughs> oh, there you go. He's come out of you come out in the middle of it. Um Farron has missed weight before at Bantamweight. Uh she's fight up at Featherweight, was a regional champion, 2013 pro MMA debut, plus 300 against the short notice newcomer. Uh not much love for Farron here. Uh Cavalcanti is five and one with three knockouts, never been finishing a fight. As I said, this is a short notice debut, which normally sets off alarm bells. Uh, she's won three straight fights, is the current LFA champion. I guess she has relinquished that uh, belt now. Um, was a regional champ as well. 0-1 in PFL. That's where her one loss came from. Used to fight up at featherweight. Inch taller than Farron. 14 years younger. Um, my data says five years or younger. Fighter wins 64% of the time. This year, it's 68%. So the, the youngsters are taking over. This one is 14, almost three times that gap. 14 years uh, age gap between the two. And Cavalcanti is minus 370. I did watch a bit of tape on Cavalcanti. Wasn't like blown away or anything, but uh, Gumby will, will paint a, a clearer picture here, I'm sure. 
What what did you uh no I, I want to hear a little bit of what what you thought in the film that you saw uh, on her. You said it didn't she, blow you away. She she looked all right. She, pretty big for the weight class. Um, decent fighter. I respect that she's an LFA champion. It, it, I guess it's more of the level of competition she's fought and and stuff like that. So I was kind of surprised when I saw the line, but then I you know Zara Farron is not exactly a uh, um a super quality fighter and hasn't proven to be uh ufc caliber thus far um yeah I, I guess it's mostly the level of competition that she fought it, it kind of sloppy not that great fights is is my technical breakdown even though she did fight nora cornole who we're going to speak about soon i thought she looked so fast um, all right yeah from from that uh standpoint like she looks you know, you're right. Maybe the level of competition she was fighting was a little slow and that made it look that way. But, you know, you were right. You know, she's she's very big. She's five foot nine, uh, which is quite tall for the, the weight class. Um, she uses her length really well. And I wouldn't be surprised. I know we don't have reach stats on her, um, but I wouldn't be surprised to find her reach was significantly longer than five foot nine. She's fighting Zarain, who like the only thing you could say about Zara Farin is like, in most of the fight she's in, you're like, oh, she's bigger, uh, and that's good. And right. then, like, and this time she's not. Um, no. And she's going to be slower, sloppier. You know, like, I, I don't mean that I'm going to disparage some names who are going to catch crossfire here, and they don't deserve <laughs> always, to. Always. They, don't, they don't even deserve it. But, like, they're not even here. Felicia Spencer outstruck her. Okay, yeah. and, and I like Felicia Spencer's grappling game. I, I actually think Felicia yeah, Spencer's yeah. grappling game is very high level. But Felicia Spencer outstruck her on the feet, and she's a grappler who mostly retired because she couldn't keep up with the strikers. And now you're going to fight a striker? Like, uh, Cavalcante is going to rip her apart. The, this line's right where it should be. Um, I'll, I'll think of some inventive way to bet this later on that's not uh, laying negative 370 chalk. But, uh, yeah, Cavalcante is the pick here. For notice debut, obviously, is a bit of a concern, right? But I guess the, the talent level is just... Um gonna trump that right yeah and i i have to imagine since it was a Haley cowan fight that every bantamweight in the world was preparing to be the replacement <laughs> that's true <laughs> throwing shade at the it girl the, the it girl uh cannot stay healthy though mr mr white so anyhow um all right we are both taking cavalcante i will go against the judgment of my stats and i will take her as well because obviously she's um she must be way better than Farron. All right. Who are we going to talk about next? Now that I've, I think I've got the order correct, at least according to typology, we're going to go down, down a weight class, well, down five pounds and go to the male side. And we're going to go to Bantamweights. Farid Basharat, Cleetson Hadhigaz, 135 pounds. Hadhigaz first. KR is his nickname. So, so creative. I love it. It's it's initials. That's so great. He's eight and two, four knockouts, two submissions, never been finishing a fight. One and one in the UFC. Won his last IVT TKO. Normally has fought at flyweight, or at least in the UFC. Is this his first bantamweight fight in the UFC? I think it is. Unless I think something. I think it is, unless he took a short notice one somewhere right. in there. Okay. Um, let's see. Ross was at uh, flyweight. Vera was yep. at flyweight. Curatolo is at flyweight. No, so he's okay. he's only fought at flyweight so far. All right, so he's moving on up. He was one and zero on contender series. He was a jungle fight champion. Uh, he's got a good strike differential over his three fights that we got stats for plus three. So he outstrikes his opponents by three strikes per minute, which is very positive. He's at plus two seventy five. Basharat Ferocious is the nickname. He's ten and zero, one knockout, five submissions. He's one and zero in the UFC, one and zero in Contender Series. 
He's fed at featherweight, three inches taller than Hodhigas, four inches reach on him, two years younger, better striking stats, better grappling stats, and he has outstruck his UFC opponents by and contender series opponent by 3.37 strikes per minute. His real nickname is the lesser of the Basharat brothers, but nonetheless, we'll go with Ferocious. Uh, he's at minus 300. Give me Ferocious Basharat. Uh, we're going to be way bigger. Obviously, the stats show he's going to be bigger. Um, Hodhigas is moving up here. Uh, Basharat, while he's not as good as his brother, he, he still, you know, has turned um, turned back every every challenge that's been in front of him thus far. Uh, like his wins, obviously better than Rodriguez's. He's got the striking. He's got the grappling. He's got the size. He's got the youth. He's got it all. So give me Basharat. Yeah, this one's an easy one. And, and I'll just point to two things, too, because you mentioned that uh, Fareed Basharat has the better grappling stats, right, over uh, yeah. over Clayton Rodriguez. And and the biggest thing I always say is you got to contextualize those stats. Right. Basharat's grappling stats come against DeMond Blackshear, um, yeah. who, who's an excellent wrestler. Clayton yep. Rodriguez has come against Shannon Ross and CJ Vergara. <laughs> so, like who's who's the better grappler stats wise the guy who's been fighting harder people um i, I think he's just going to take him down a bunch of times we even saw some issues with hot uh takedown defense on contender series he fought uh that guy from jersey who's the one for jersey santo santo curatolo santo curatolo i'm gonna go with santo curatolo that's my <laughs> final answer um locked in yeah i think that's who it is. it's the guy from new jersey uh he's like really like stocky helps. um but like he he got a, a takedown on uh Hadigas in that fight and like that just shows me that Hadigas is susceptible to getting taken down here and and against a, any of the basharats even the lesser of the basharats i think he uh, just <laughs> takes him down and holds him down more strays being caught thanks to gumby as well um that didn't go unnoticed by me more the, more the, fighters are catching strays. Which who caught strays here? You, you, you mentioned a bunch of people that, that oh were Shannon Ross. Shannon Ross caught a stray, but that dude just keeps getting knocked out. <laughs> yeah, it's true. All right. Let's go to the aforementioned Nora Conole, who did a very good interview with pristine Wi-Fi. I only listened to it because it was mowing the line. Uh pristine Wi-Fi Dan, uh, her interview with you on Top Turtle. I, I when you sent me that message that she had really great Wi-Fi, <laughs> did you mean that for real? No, like, for I real. It sounded great. No, yeah, I mean, great. and she was doing that from the streets of Paris, too. Like, if you watch yes. the video, which the video is up on cagesidepress.com, too, if you want to check that out, she's just walking the streets of Paris the whole time. Um, yep. Like, she's, she's like, sits for a little bit, but for the most part, it's, like, her holding her phone and walking. And, yeah, she got better service than anybody I've ever talked to in the United States. So, uh, yeah, yeah, props to her for giving me a good one. She's a charming in interview as well. Hopefully you can have her on again uh, sometime. Um, yeah. The, She's kind of got a Mina Hibas vibes, right? Yeah, she very much uh, uh, more under control. Maybe a medicated Amanda Hibas. <laughs> there's your, there's your title, medicated Amanda Hibas. <laughs> Ritalin, perhaps. But the title was going to be, uh, that's a crazy way to live your life. But maybe it would be medicated Amanda Hibas. All right. I'm typing it in, Dan. That's type of, I, I get, yeah. Sometimes I find my old notes. I'm like, what the heck does that mean? There's some crazy things typed in there that we say in this year's show. All right. Cornole is fighting Jocelyn Edwards uh, at Bantamweight. Three five-minute rounds, and I'm going to break it down for you now. Cornole first. She's 6-1, five knockouts, one submission, never been finished in any fight. This is her UFC debut. She's won six straight fights, and I learned on Dan's show that she is a Muay Thai champion, correct? That's correct. All right. She's at plus 100. Even money. Uh, nope, she's not fighting Reese McKee, right? No, uh, let's look at the other cell here. Edwards, she's fighting La Pantera. 
13 and four, five knockouts, three submissions. She's been submitted one time, four and two in the UFC. She's won three straight fights. She's missed weight twice. So keep that in mind. Fighters that miss weight tend to lose their fights, uh, surprisingly. Uh, 38% win percentage over the past, what, however long this podcast has been going, three years, something like that. So keep that in mind. You may want to wait till Friday before you bet this fight. Uh, Edwards used to fight down at flyweight and up at featherweight. She's got multiple reaches championships on her mantle. Correct. Get that shirt, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash store. I was wearing it yesterday watching the fights, the Gumby God t-shirt I'm speaking of. Uh, she is six years younger than Cornole, inch of height, minus 110. Are you going to be a homer or are you not going to be a homer, Dan? Make your pick. Uh, I'm going to go with Cornole. Uh, yeah, actually, he's a homer. It's, it's actually Cornole. Uh you, you don't say the E on the end. Um, so I'm going to go with Cornole. You're telling me how to talk French. You're telling me how to talk French, Cormier. I am. Yeah, it's Cornole. Well, and, <laughs> and it's if, if I'm not mistaken, it's also not a French last name. So, uh, oh, um, oh, that's yeah. right. It's, she's, no, her, her, no, her dad's French, she said. Oh, maybe I, yeah, you, you might be right. And, and, her, her and, and her French. mom's Algerian or Albanian? That's, Algerian? Al- Algerian. You got it right. Yeah, yeah, her mom's Algerian. Sorry, Ryan. Sorry, Ryan, not Albanian. Algerian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't, don't, don't go there. Um, so it's, it's uh, so I like Cornell in this one. And for me, it, it's a combination of things. But the, the biggest one being that just like, uh, first of all, I, I think Joseline Edwards is going to have trouble with anybody uh, who can like match her physicality. Right. Like she, she had trouble with Jesse Rose Clark because Jesse Rose Clark was too good in the clinch with her. Um, she had tons of trouble with Carol Hosa. Uh, Sarah Alper out grappled her. If you want to go back to her LFA days, like uh, Sarah Alper. And like, you look at the people who she beat, like, you know, obviously she was faster than Ramona Pasquale. She, she had a really tough time in the UFC. And then like Ji Hyung Kim going up a weight class. Um, you know, like that, that's not a great fight. And, and then Lucy Pudilova, who's also fought at 25. Um, and, and of course, you know, Edwards missed weight for that anyway, and it was a split decision, but like, she just has trouble with people who can match her physicality. And while Cornole is, uh, you got me saying Cornole, it's Cornole. Wh- wh- I'm the great Cornholio. <laughs> yes, I do. So like while, while she is known as a kickboxer and she is really good from range, if you watch a lot of her older fights, She's really good in the clinch and she does excellent work once she gets it to the mat. In fact, one of the ones I was watching back when she was fighting for UAE Warriors, she actually finishes from a, a mounted crucifix um, and, and dropping elbows. Uh, she got a finish from. The, I saw that fight. Yeah, it's a sick one. It, and like her, her work on the mat has been really, really impressive. Um, and when you consider her only loss is Jackie Calvacante in her pro MMA debut, like. I think she's got a lot of promise here. Uh, of course, I'm worried about, you know, putting my, um, you know, throwing my hat in the ring on another female prospect because I've been burned by a lot of those lately. Um, but what are we getting? Even money on her? Negative 110? Yep. Even plus yeah. 100. Plus 100. Even better. I'll take a dog here. We are not getting even money, Dan, because I am taking Edwards. I, I mentioned I saw her fight. I've seen I've seen the level of competition she's fought, Dan. I, I saw her fight a five foot bantamweight who couldn't keep her breasts in her top the whole fight and was distracted <laughs> the whole time. Well, some people are going to want to. Of course, know you want to watch it. Some people are going to want to know which one that is for for research purposes. A Brazilian D'Souza. Oh, Priscilla D'Souza. Priscilla D'Souza. Yeah, yeah. she's that's like five one. foot tall and she was distracted the whole time trying to keep her top on. And that's yeah. the only one she didn't fight in UAE. <laughs> her other fights are in UAE <laughs> Warriors, which are largely more competitive. And, you know, I, I like Edwards' experience better, obviously. Um, 
and she's way younger. And obviously, I would prefer it if if she would grapple, but she doesn't. So obviously, it would be best if she could grapple a Muay Thai fighter. Um, but I, I still I still like Edwards here, and I'm going to fade the female prospect, and we'll see. I wouldn't mind if she wins, though, because like I said, she seems to have a good personality, and and uh, maybe she can come back on your show and not come back as a loser, right? Yeah, she's delightful. <laughs> she's delightful. And so, you know what else is delightful? Underdog Fantasy, as, as well as my segues, are super delightful. August is almost over, and you know what that means. Time is running out. For you to draft your fantasy football team on Underdog Fantasy, you get championship ready for your home league by trying out best ball on Underdog Fantasy. All you do is one live snake draft, no waivers, no trades. You set it, forget it, and Underdog does the rest. Try it out with Underdog's Best Ball Mania Tournament, the largest fantasy football contest of all time with $15 million. Total prizes up for grabs. That even gets Gumby's interest, including an absurd $3 million going to the winner. Do you have what it takes to win? To win it all. The time is now. The last day to draft your fantasy football team is September the 7th. That's soon, people. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the App Store and sign up with promo code SGPN to get your first deposit doubled up to 100 bucks. That's Underdog Fantasy promo code SGPN. You definitely, uh, I'm going to Gumby for all my fantasy football questions this year. Um, so, Go to Gumby, hit him up on socials and ask him all your questions. Uh, do you have I any dog pick them that you like, Gumby? I am I am back to back uh winners of my my fantasy football league with my home nice. friends. Uh Good. so yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna brag about that for a second. Um no underdog fantasy pick, yeah. I, I would say uh I like James Connor uh to get higher than his projected rushing total. Is that a football player? It is, yeah. He runs with the ball in his crook of his arm. He rushes with it, yes. He rushes. He doesn't just run. He rushes with it. He's in a hurry. All right, there you go. There's your pick. And you can get our underdog fantasy underdog pick them MLB picks on uh, sportsgamblingpodcast.com, especially starting in September. Gumby and I are going to go back and forth with our picks, right? We should see who's got the best picks. Oh yeah, for 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 uh, oh, yeah. for September, I, for the, I've uh, yes. I've gone I've gone three for three on three consecutive days. If you've been following on oh, uh, SGPN, nice. yeah, with with underdog nice. fantasy. Nice, nice. What's what's your favorite kind of pick? on underdog baseball do you do hits do you do pitcher i'm a pitcher I'm, a to- I'm a total bases guy yeah right? because over then you one can... and a half or whatever right yes a lot of times it's over of one thing. and a half sometimes sometimes you have to the projection is set at a uh, 2.0 uh which okay. is a little trickier like adam duvall yeah. today was set at 2.0 uh but like yeah no I, I like the total bases one then you can grab a couple of cool. singles or a double and and get the job done nice all right. You know what else gets the job done is the SGP Patreon. Make sure to you check out our Patreon. Um, sign up for the Patreon to get access to exclusive contests, including the NFL win at Toto's contest with a thousand dollar first place prize. This week's Patreon pick'em is all week one college football. The Patreon is a great way to support the network and fight back against corporate gambling. And they have a video about how they started up the network. And I joined shortly thereafter. I've been what three years, I think, when the uh, Af- uh, not the aforementioned, the uh, fabled Ryan McKee brought me on board, and I'm everyone's problem now. So you can blame McKee for uh, hiring me originally to the SGPN family. And then I brought Gumby along as well. So there you go. You can blame him for everything. He He's a reason that we're in your lives. Uh, so make sure you support us, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash P A T R E O N. All right. Do we have any other medicated Amanda Hebes is coming up? Let's, let's see, shall we? This is a welterweight fight. Anja Lusa versus Reese McKee. We're getting a lot of fighters that you hear a lot about on Severe MMA, this uh, fight card, Dan. Yeah, that makes sense. It's a European yep. fight card. 
Yep. And it's a very Cage Warriors heavy fight card, too, as well. All right. Reese McKee is Skeletor. Were you a He-Man Masters of the Universe fan, Dan? Or was that before I, your time? I wasn't, but I I know no. who it is. Yeah. Good. Good. My brother was. I wasn't. But he had the one figure uh, smelled like it was Skunk Man or something, and it stunk really bad. Swamp Man. Yeah. I remember that. Not fun. All right. Does Reese McKee smell bad? No, he's Skeletor. So he's just really skinny. He's 13, 4, and 1. 10 knockouts, 3 submissions. So he's finished everyone. He himself has been knocked out twice. He went 0-2 in the UFC, but that was a tough start. He was given Kamzat Shemaev when he used to fight still, and he was given Alex Morano. Were one of those short notice? Shemaev was, wasn't it? The Shemaev one was uh, they needed somebody to fight him on Fight Island uh, after right. he won his first one, and he wanted another right. one. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he had a rough go. All he did since then when he went won three three straight fights and became the Cage Warriors champion. He's won six of eight. So his only losses have come in the UFC over his last eight fights. On top of the Cage Warriors champion, he also was the Bama champion before in Britain. He's fight at lightweight, four inches height, four inches reach, and he's two years younger than Lusa. He's based off of his two UFC fights, he was more active landing strikes than Lusa. However, he was outstruck in those fights by minus 5.07 strikes per minute. But that's gonna happen when you fight Smesh. And he's at plus 152. The last ninja, Anj Lusa, nine and three, five knockouts, one submission, never been finished in a fight. One one in the UFC. Here's a pattern. We haven't done patterns for a while. Loss, win, loss, win, loss, win. So that's over his last six fights. He won his last fight in August of 2022. So he's also been out for over a year. He's due for a loss. All one in the contender series. Used to fight at lightweight, 2013 MMA debut professionally better grappling stats than McKee, but McKee, like I said, he got smished in his first fight and Luce has been outstruck by 1.23 strikes per minute over his UFC career minus 165. I was thinking it's time to fade all the cage Warriors people because they've really let us down, but I'm going with the dog here. I'm going with McKee. Um, I think this is usually, uh, they seem to give cage Warriors guys really hard matchups right out the gate, which I guess is fitting because cage Warriors is, uh, has been a really good feeder league for them up to this point, but um, I think this is a good matchup for him. Um, he's bigger. He's better. Um, he's dangerous everywhere uh, in the fight. I, I think he can uh, he can take care of Lusa. So give me the dog money. I don't know. I was surprised to see it as a dog, but happily surprised. Same. Uh, I'm going to go with Reese McKee as well. I uh, I think, you know, I've, I've faded him a couple of times in Cage Warriors in a row with the idea that, like, he couldn't stuff a takedown and would wind up on his back. And, and he proved me wrong. He actually did a really good job of keeping his feet. And the other thing is, is like, uh, I think, so first of all, I think he's going to be longer and sharper on the feet than Luz is. I, I think that's just a fact. Um, and then like the idea that Lusa might be able to like use a little bit of his grappling because like, you know, Hey, he, he's used a little bit of grappling in the past, right? Like he has, he, he got two takedowns when he beat AJ Fletcher. Um, but like he didn't take down Mornir Lezez. Uh, and Mornir Lezez is like a kickboxer with like, like if we're being honest, pretty poor takedown defense. Um, you know, he, he got he's been taken down by you know lesser guys than uh, than we've seen in the past. So like, I, I'm not sure that Lusa is actually good at takedowns more so than he's just like you know taking an advantage of like a really tired AJ Fletcher. And I think that if uh, if Mornier Lizez can stuff the takedowns and use his range, I think maybe Reese McKee can too. So yeah, I, I'm with you on this one. I, I like Reese McKee. All right. Are you surprised that it's a dog as well? I am a little bit just because of how good he looked in his last couple of Cage Warriors fights. And it's yep. not like Angelusa has looked like a world beater or anything like that. So, um, yeah, I was I was a little bit surprised to see him in dog money. 
Do, do you think the line might get steamed in his favor as we get closer? You know what? He seems, po- he, he seems to have a name, like at least in European circles, he, he has has a, a bit of a noble name. Yeah, but it posted a while ago, and I really haven't seen much movement yet. Uh, you know, usually cool. you'd see movement by now, right? Of in one sh- way, shape, or form. But like, yeah, no, I, guess so. he, I mean, like it says right here, he posted a uh, plus one fifty on DK, and and he's gone up as high as plus one sixty five. So actually, the money came in on Lusa, and it's come, you know, back down to plus one fifty. But like, you know, it's it, it's it, actually it seems like the money's coming in on Lusa, huh? Interesting, interesting. I guess uh, our man Turnip hasn't uh, hasn't put a, a buttload of money on McKee. That must be it. All righty, let's move to a bantamweight again. This is a bantamweight heavy card. This is on the male side. Taylor Lapalus versus Kellen Lochran. Uh, another name that you hear a lot if you listen to Sierra MMA. Kellen Lochran is making his UFC debut here. He is the Don, and he's eight zero with five knockouts, two submissions. This, like I said, his, this is his debut. He's another Cage Warriors champion. He's won four straight fights via knockout or TKO. He used to fight at featherweight. Four years younger than Lapalus, plus 135. This is one of those fights that the, as Gumby told you off top, the just put together a couple of days ago. So it's short notice for both guys, uh, technically. Uh, Lapalus, double impact, 18 and three, four knockouts, six missions. Wait a minute, what does his nickname mean? Do, you, do we know about this nickname? I don't. I think you should I, find it's, out. It's maybe it's a reference to his brother and him both fighting and kind of looking alike. Oh, maybe. Maybe, or maybe it's he's well rounded. He's got the knockouts, he's got the submissions. Sure. <laughs> or it probably means it probably has nothing to do with either of those things. So, um, he is, he was, excuse me, 3 1 in the UFC. Why did he leave? He didn't get cut, right? Uh, I think it was a contract dispute, if I'm remembering okay. correctly. Okay. Yeah. Cause, cause he was on a nice roll there. Like, is that 3 1 his first stint in the UFC? And then he left. This is his re debut. Uh, he's won five straight fights and eight of nine. Won his last via TKO. He's got multiple retail championships on his mantle. Correct. It's shirt. Sportsgamingpodcast.com slash store. Used to fight at Featherweight. 2012 Pro MMA debut. One of those pro boxer. Minus 155. It be you. I, so you, you asked me if I was surprised about the Reese McKee line. And I, I was yeah. a little bit, but not terribly. This one I'm genuinely surprised on. Me too. Yeah. Lauren, dude, I, I thought for sure he was going to come in here as a massive favorite. Because if you watch, you know, if you, if you were paying attention to the lines before they ripped him out of that fight with, uh, um, what was it, Giannis Gamori, um, he, he was like a negative 400 favorite against Gamori. So I was like, oh, you know, when they match up with Lopolis, he'll probably be a little bit closer of a fight. Gamori, you know, being a newcomer who doesn't have UFC experience, like the, the line will go down. I didn't expect to see him posted as an underdog. This this really surprises me quite a bit. And from a stylistic standpoint, you know, like uh, Lopolis is a guy who's who's clearly got skills in just about every area that, you know, he needs. Like he's good everywhere. But the thing about him is, is like he's kind of got so, so takedown defense. Like I, I do worry a little bit about that. Like he was taken down in every single one of his UFC fights. And let me tell you something. The guys he was fighting in the UFC did not have good takedowns you know like uh Oka Sasaki Eric Perez Landro Issa like these are jiu-jitsu guys without particularly good offense and he spent a lot of time on his back now I don't think Lauren is going to spend a whole bunch of time shooting takedowns but it's there if he needs it because he is pretty damn good on the mat but the thing I like the best about him is his counters man like I, I was watching film on him because I'm not you know I'm not super familiar with him you know he's super heavy on his legs 
and he just counters so well and so powerfully. I think he's going to catch him a whole bunch of times here. Um, so, yeah, give me the dog money here on Lowry. And I, I can't believe I'm getting him that dog money. <sighs> I was going to pick Lapalus. Am I still going to pick him? It's the line that I, I'm not real impressed with Lockwood. He gets hit a lot. He kind of just stands there and trades, doesn't move a lot. Like you said, he's very heavy on his on his legs. But uh, dog muddy though. And yeah. Laplace is really Laplace isn't. It's not not like he fought a, a killer's row of of fighters in the UFC. Demar- Fine. Demarte Pena is a good fight outside of the UFC though. Demarte Pena was a nice one for him. I'll take Lockrin just. Just because the line, if the line was the other way around, I definitely would have taken Lopolis. So look at me playing lines. I actually expected the line to be the other way around and I was still on uh, Labyrinth. So, oh, okay. (laughs) Fine. I don't know why I'm uh, um, trailing Gumby. Tailing Gumby is what I was trying to say, but I'm I'm tailing Gumby. Uh, Main event of the prelims Morgan Cherrier versus Manola Zacchini, who you can hear on the Top Turtle MMA podcast this week. Um, this is featherweights. If I didn't say that already, Zaccanini, why is Oh, you didn't ask about his nickname, Dan. Why is his nickname a totally different name? Angelo Benzi, Benziano is his name. That means that means the angel of Venice. Oh, for real. It's a person's name too. If you Google it, it, it's like a, oh. a lawyer or something. That's no, that fantastic. just, that just means the angel. And he's from Venice and his, his gym that he trains out of that he owns right. himself too is called like angel gym or something like that. So like, the, the nickname's pretty obvious. It's right there on the wall. <laughs> I, I, I thought he had a um, a separate career like um, like that other fighter that, that you enjoy who makes <laughs> who used to make movies. I thought he had a career like that. So anyhow, um, Zaccanini, 11-3, nine knockouts, one submission. He knocked out one, submitted once. This is his UFC debut. He's won two straight fights and four or five. All four of those wins have come via finish. He's fought at lightweight. An inch taller than Sherrier, plus 270. Sherrier, the last pirate. So we have a last ninja, last pirate. It's the last everything on this fight card. He's 18, 9, and 1. 10 knockouts, 3 submissions. Uh, he's been submitted once. This is his UFC debut. He's won 3 straight fights and 6 of 8. 2 straight fights. He's won via knockout or TKO. He used to be a Cage Warriors champion as well. Was a regional champion also. Minus 300. It's me. Sherrier, the last pirate, is my pick here. Um, this one basically one of my famous uh, resume type picks. I don't, did I watch Sakanini? I think I did watch Sakanini, but uh, Sherry is still my pick. Yeah. I, I like Sherry a too. Um, you know, he's in addition to being, you know, just like a more well-traveled person. And uh, plus he's the French Solomon Renfro. If you, if you don't remember. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> French Solomon Renfro. Uh, so I'm going to go French Solomon Renfro here uh, because uh, Zakini is look, he's like a, one of those dudes who's like super bouncy, but sometimes that like, you know, how when somebody is like bouncy because they're like trying to establish range, that's like good, but sometimes they're like bouncy just for fun. Uh, and because they think it looks good and think it throws their opponents off. He's kind it of the latter. Yeah. You've been on he, trampoline. It's fun. Yeah. He's kind of, he's kind of the trampoline type. Um, and, and it, it seems to tire him too. And because he's constantly moving, I think it actually affects his own range. Um, it, Cause it seems like, especially early in fights, he's got a really bad sense of range. And also because he's so easy to time with that bouncing, you will notice that like, he's kind of easy to take down. Um, and I don't know that Sherry is going to go right to the takedown. You know, he's, he's French Solomon Renfro. He's got punch of power and he's got wrestling. Um, and sometimes he's got too much of both of them for his own damn good. Uh, but I think it's the perfect amount here for Zucchini. So I I think he's going to shoot that takedown. 
Um, if he doesn't, I still think he's got the better of the two in the hands. The only thing I will say I worry about a little bit here, Zucchini hits really hard and he's got really nice knees. Um, so we will, we'll like see, you know, he, you know, he's the type of person who could surprise Cherrier. Uh, I might not throw him in a parlay, but I might look for like some props or something like that. You can't, you can't surprise a pirate, Dan, especially the last pirate, but they're but always ha- on guard. But my question is, is why is he the last one? <laughs> he killed all the rest of them. He's a savage. <laughs> That's why Dana White signed him. Obviously, he only he only signs savages. Okay. It's great. It, it, it's great how he brags on contender series. How he knows nothing about any of these fighters. Yeah, uh, that's then another he, part. That's another part. I, I want to go. I want to go in blind translation. Yes. I'm 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 way too lazy to watch these guys ahead of time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm too busy playing, uh, wasting money on blackjack. Yes. Um. All right. Our picks for this event: Cherrier. Lochran. Uh, I have McKee. Yeah, we both have McKee. Excuse me. McKee, he has Cornell. I have Edwards. You both have Basharat. We both have Cavalcante, correct? Yeah, it sounds right to me. There's always one that we can't agree on. I guess that's good. Um, we don't want to be just tailing one another. Uh, we'll be chasing after our tails like a dog. All right. Follow us into the Discord. That's where you can you can tell us into sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Discord. Come in there and have a chat with us and with all our friends. Say hi, at the very least. Uh, you can hit us up on Twitter, X at SGPNMMA. Gumby will answer all your inquiries there. He's also at Gumby Reeland. I'm at Jeff Fox Writer on Twitter and on Instagram. What else can you do? We told you about Top Turtle. I think we didn't talk about all three interviews. So tell people the triple header you have on this week. Yeah, so uh, the aforementioned Nora Cornell is on the show. The aforementioned uh, Manolo Zacchini is on the show. And then we're also talking to somebody who's going to be on week five of the Contender Series, whose name is Corinne Lafouambois. She needs to have the Wi-Fi that um, Cornell has. Yes, she had much worse Wi-Fi. And I will also (laughs) say, surprisingly, a much thicker French accent. (laughs) She did. She was quite more more French. There's another good title I could have used. Um, And I have a Substack you can subscribe to, moneymma.substack.com. Why would you want to subscribe to that? Because there's pick-em contests to play. There's fighter performance rankings I do. There's articles I write. There's podcasts I do. There's lots of good stuff. So. Check it out at the very least. If you think it's cool, then subscribe. And obviously go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com and our Patreon. Support us so we can crush corporate gambling and all that good stuff. All right, we're going to be back tomorrow. It will be the the last Fox, Jeff Fox, and the last Gumby, Gumby Reeland. We'll talk to you then. Bye. (laughs) 